Today we begin at the Omni, not one of the hotels, but the three natures of God that begin with the prefix Omni. Then I tell you about my long drive to the Florida Keys and back. I promise the story isn't as long as the drive. I play a brief clip of a song from my freshman year in high school. I mention the world's most powerful remote control ever. I tell you about my theory of clouds and how it pertains to the state of Florida, all on the way to answering the question, what does ever-present mean? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. I came across a prayer recently that described God as being ever-present, and this is not an unusual way of describing the nature of God. God is often described as being omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. And to tell you the truth, I think I learned about the word omnipresent, not in any theological sense, but way back in 1977 was when I first learned the word. I know, I know, it's really a strange thing to remember so accurately when you learned a new word, but in this case, I learned about it pretty much at the same time I learned the new word, I mean exactly the same time, as I learned the new word obsequious. Okay. I'll explain. Interestingly, the person who brought these words to my attention was none other than Steve Martin. Steve Martin is known as an actor and a comedian, but he's quite the musician and songwriter as well, and he's written a number of bluegrass songs particularly that I'm aware of, and he plays and performs them with the band Steep Canyon Rangers, and they are really, really good, the band as well as the songs. Two of my favorite of his songs that he performs with them are Me and Paul Revere, a song written from the point of view of Paul Revere's horse. And you would think that would be hilarious, but no, it's not intended to be funny, and it's a great song. And another of my favorite songs that he's written and performed is entitled Atheists Don't Have No Songs, which is a fantastic song, and if you ever get a chance to hear it, it is wonderful and funny. But in 1977, he released a song that immediately became a hit. Well, at least in my circle of friends, became a hit. And it's entitled The Grandmother Song. Now, this song is, according to Martin, a song that was taught to him by his grandmother to leave him, well, to leave him with important life advice. Well, I'll just play you a clip of the part of the song that brought me an awareness of these two words. Be thoughtful and trustful and childlike. Be witty and happy and wise. Be honest and love all your neighbors. Be obsequious, purple and clairvoyant. Be pompous, obese, and eat cactus Be dull and boring and omnipresent Criticize things you don't know about Be oblong and have your knees removed Hey, I learn where I learn, okay? Anyway, this word that I learned from Steve Martin is often used in theology and talking about God. And our two-word phrase for the day, ever-present, is really another way of saying the exact same thing as the word that I learned from Mr. Martin. No, not obsequious. I'm talking about the word omnipresent. This phrase, ever-present, is just another way of emphasizing the omnipresent nature of God. God is everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Now, I had an experience recently that made me think of this phrase a little differently. Not dramatically differently, but just enough to be helpful to me. So I thought I'd share it with you. 
Last week, I met a friend of mine, Peter, for several days of scuba diving down in the Keys. It's a long trip, or longer trip for him to get there, so he flew and I drove down from Atlanta. And when I was a kid, I will tell you that I hated, maybe you did too, car trips, just hated them. I endured them because they normally led to something I enjoyed, but I still didn't like them. But the truth is that's changed for me now. Now I really enjoy the long drive towards vacation. I enjoy the illusion of freedom that being on the road provides. I can stop anywhere I want. I can take as long as I want to get there. I can take any side trips I want. The road trip on the way to vacation prepares me and immerses me in the freedom that vacation time offers. Now, you probably caught the fact that I slipped the word illusion in there. I say it is an illusion because I have to pick up Peter at the airport at 8.30 on Thursday morning. Then we have a reservation for a hotel and further reservations for four days of scuba diving. So it's not as if I can just, on a whim, turn the car towards the Rockies and do something different. I mean, I guess I could but I'm going to have a really annoyed friend after that. But still, in the moment of the drive, I bask in the freedom that a car trip, particularly one all by myself, offers. When our trip was over, I dropped Peter at the airport and I turned the car towards home. My wife, Sarah, had, for the past two weeks, been on a trip to Tanzania to climb Kilimanjaro and she had just recently arrived back home in Atlanta and no longer was I reveling in the freedom of the open road. I was just flat out anxious to see her and a little annoyed at how slowly the miles were ticking away. We all know that saying that the watched pot never boils. Well, the lesser known corollary of that saying is that the observed odometer doesn't do much either. For some reason or another, that has never really caught on as a proverbial saying. I found myself sitting in the car, wishing I could just jump over the next couple of hours. I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of sometimes treating my life like a trip, I don't know, through a desert. My life journey goes from oasis to oasis. Those oasises, those are times of enjoyment and interest. Otherwise, I often think the rest of my life is like traveling through a desert. Those are the times I have to endure just to get to the next interesting part of my life. I'm reminded of the movie Click, the one starring Adam Sandler. Oh, I hope Sarah skips over this episode. I will never be able to live it down that I'm quoting Adam Sandler's movie. I'll have to explain to her why I even mention him, because she's not a fan of his work at all. Anyway, the movie is about a guy who's an architect, a husband, a father, and he winds up in possession of this amazing let's say, magical remote control. It looks like a TV remote, but allows him to use it in the same way a remote works on a TV, but he can use it on his life. Among other things, he can fast forward through the boring parts of his life. He can just skip ahead to the part that's going to be more exciting than what he's doing right now. Unfortunately, this magical remote is smart and begins to learn his preferences, so he doesn't have to push the button anymore. It automatically fast forwards through the things that it realizes he doesn't want to use his time on, doesn't want to use his attention on. Now, the downside of this is that more and more and more of his life begins to be jumped over by the remote until he realizes the horrible mistake he has made. He's now missing most of his life. 
As I watched this movie the very first time, I realized that it hit a little too close to home. That was me. I mean, I never got my hands on a remote like that, and that's a really good thing. But I certainly have spent too much time of my life wanting to zip through the present stuff to get to the interesting part. So here I am driving north on my way home on the interstate and keenly aware that, as they say, a watched odometer doesn't do much. Well, still not catching on as a proverb, huh? Okay, I'll let it go. Anyway, I decided to take a moment and take in my surroundings. Almost immediately, I was reminded that there's something about the sky in Florida. I mean, we have cumulus clouds in Atlanta. We had them when I was growing up in Tennessee, but the clouds in Florida, they're, they're just different. It's as if the sky in Florida is taller than it is in Atlanta or Tennessee. The clouds seem to start higher, and these clouds, well, as I said, they're different. I know that other people will tell me, I'll hear from folks that I'm mistaken, but these clouds I was looking at on my drive, they were taller, more billowy. They were whiter, they were brighter, they were fluffier. The more I looked at the clouds, the more I enjoyed them, got fascinated by them, just plain out they brought me joy studying them. Look, I'm not going to claim that the existence of clouds like these proves that there is a God. Mostly because I already believe in God, so that really isn't the point. But I will say that I wasn't thinking about God until I started noticing the clouds. I just found myself thinking, what a marvelously wonderful and beautiful world we get to live in. And that thought drew my attention to God. Then I found myself fascinated by the world around me, mostly the sky and the clouds. I drove through several micro-downbursts, little bitty rainstorms that were maybe 150 yards, 200 yards across. They amused me by how much rain could be falling on me, yet no rain was falling a hundred yards away. Then I began to notice the micro-downbursts happening all over the place in the distance, and I noticed that what they looked like was that it was as if there were clouds that had very clear, sharply defined, narrow gray curtains hanging below them. And again, I found myself delighting in what a marvelous world we live in. And again, my thoughts were drawn to God. So here it is. Ever-present is often used as a way to remind us that God is everywhere. But on my drive, I was reminded of another way of thinking of those two words. God is ever-present, as in God is particularly to be found in the present. I have never in my life, not once in my entire life, encountered God as I wished I could fast forward through whatever I was doing at the moment, whatever was happening in my life at the moment. Every single time, without exception, I have ever encountered God, ever encountered a spiritual moment, ever encountered the holy, it was because I allowed myself to be fully aware, fully immersed in the present. And then, then those are the times that I was aware of and encountered God. So do you want to encounter God? Do you want to encounter the holy? Do you want to have a spiritual experience? Then I strongly suggest you check out the present moment. 
it's a great way to discover your Creator. That's all for today. If you want to see a video of what I saw on my diving trip, I'll post it on Facebook. I'll put a link there so you can watch it. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, as I just told you, you can find me on Facebook and on YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faithquist. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is dan at skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone. Dan at skypilot dot zone. And as always, I would love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.